Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Welcome back, guys. This is Believe in Rams. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. And today we're coming to you uh, right before we get into the bye. We're going to be talking about the Rams and Packers game. Uh, We'll be talking a little bit about some other stuff, but uh, before we get into that, just want to let you guys know that bet online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You can get the latest odds lines and match reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and car games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code BELIEVE. Bet online where the game starts. But Cam, if people want to get in on the action over on Underdog Fantasy, what do they have to do, my guy? You can start playing Pick'em or Weekly Fantasy for any sport today. Users will receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 if they use promo code BELIEVINGRAMS at sign up. There's a limited time, 500 bonus match on your first deposit. Start playing Pick'em and Weekly Fantasy Football today with Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is right. Special thanks to them, sponsors of the show as well. Uh, Cam, you know, kind of going into this thing, you know, obviously the fans weren't feeling great about this game uh, going into it, right? No Matthew Stafford in all likelihood. You find out Ernest Jones isn't going to play. You find out Rob Havenstein isn't going to play. Those are three big pieces on this team. Obviously the most important position quarterback, which the Rams neglected since week one, as I've been saying, but uh, Brett Rippon got all the, you know, the first team reps or so, you know, they say, uh, I still don't know. I hope not because that was bad. <laughs> Um, but it didn't go well. And, you know, I think a thing and you know, problem with this game, Cam, is this just kind of reinforces what last year really was. Um, no Matthew Stafford around maybe around this time last year. I think he played one more game, um, you know, week 10, week 11, whatever. No Matthew Stafford, Cam. Defense was just carrying this team. No, no. <laughs> Defense was carrying this team last year. Uh, oh, you know, keep, keeping year, yeah. them in games. Um, and the offense just couldn't move the ball. And, and here's the, here's the problem is when you have a quarterback in Brett Rippon, it doesn't matter that the Packers were a bottom tier run defense. The Packers are like, man, we'll throw nine, 10, maybe even throw the entire 11 in the box because that's all you can do is run it because we don't believe in Brett Rippon. And I don't blame yeah. him because it was brutal. man. We saw it. <laughs> Yeah, it was Jake. It was brutal. Um, to be honest, I was thinking this for the Rams. I was like, the Rams, we need to take a page out of the Jets' playbook, right? The Jets' playbook, they focus on their defense essentially to stop the football and also their punter, right? To be an extension of that offense. So I feel like the Rams should definitely lean into that a little bit because we're struggling right now. You know, when I was at the Rams, it was, I want to say a similar situation, but we had really had to rely on our punter, Johnny Hecker to really extend the plays that we needed. And then our defense to go ahead and make plays and get the football back. Um, the Rams did get the football back a few times. I know Fuller uh, had a great force fumble and we had an interception or something like that. So we, we did a decent job on the, in the turnover, you know, turnover margin, but Brutal game, Jake. Uh, and I, was, I also was thinking this, man. Um, the, the defense was on the field for a long time. 
And I was thinking, man, we're missing Bobby Wagner. We're, we're missing that Ernest Jones. We're missing that depth of the linebacker position because, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur really just attacked the middle of the field a lot. And he he can tell that there's some new linebackers in the in the game there. Him being a former Ram himself, uh, being the offensive coordinator for Sean McVay. So it, it was a doozy, Jake. <laughs> Yeah, you know, really tough. Um, you know, I thought you saw some great contributions from guys like Akella Witherspoon, per usual. I mean, he's had just such a great year. And it's it's one of those things like where if you're just like a casual fan, it's not really like into the game on that on the level of watching all 22 and stuff, then you don't really understand the brilliance of what Akella Witherspoon has brought to this team. Um, let's just make it very, very clear. When Akello is on one guy and he has the full right side of the the field covered and there's nobody back, that means Raheem believes in Akello to be that on an island corner without any safety help, which means now he can use that safety <clears throat> and either send him on a blitz or drop in coverage and maybe um, you know get into that kind of second level and cause a little bit of a stir for a young quarterback like Jordan Love and, you know, disguise some things. That's the beauty about having a shutdown corner. And Akello has been that. And I think he's allowed them the ability to do those things even more. So <clears throat> what I will say is that Akello doing that when these guys cover well, and you know, he consistently does this, keep this in mind, Cam, they're not getting a ton of pressure. You know, they had four sacks in this game. Um, it was a very sporadic game. I mean, you know, Aaron Donald got a sack. He really had to earn it, had to go and save a touchdown. Jordan Love rolls out of the pocket. I mean, one of one. You're not going to get many interior defense linemen chasing down Jordan Love, who was like three yards ahead of him. Uh, but he did that. And then Byron Young had himself a game with two sacks, although uh, Sean McVay on the Sean McVay show kind of joked with uh, JB Long. They don't know where the second sack came from. Uh, which is fair. I mean, I didn't see two sacks from Byron Young, but hey, you know, maybe they gave him a sack that they missed in a previous game. And then Kobe <laughs> Turner, you know, um, I, I, look, I like how Raheem is using stunts. I, I love how Raheem is using stunts. And I just think that it really reinforces watching this defense. Just think how good they are right now uh, to hold a team to 20 points when your offense is that abysmal. Um, they're that good right now. Akello is that good right now. And they don't have like an elite pass rush. And, you know, kind of similar to your point with the Jets, although I deviate a little bit because that offense was pedestrian and it's it's in competition for if they were more pedestrian than the Rams offense with Brett Rippon. I mean, it was that bad last night. Yeah, they're, they're both <laughs> they're both not great, you know. No, and, and also I will say, Jake, you know, the Rams defense has been decent, but as a former linebacker, like in the four former defensive player, like they they could do a lot better. They could do a lot better. There's a lot of porousness, um, you know. The line and what I've been seeing, just the linebacker play specifically. Um, you know, Troy Reader had a tough time. You know, he had a tough time. Matt Lafleur saw that. Um, and there was a, pl a specific play um, <laughs> with Luke Musgrave where he had a leak out type of play and he, he got across Troy's eyes. Right. And they, they weren't disciplined. And Troy hasn't been in, in the game that much, Jake. And so he's yeah. getting that welcome back, welcome back type of feel that game. And so, you know, they have some time during this bye week. Got the Seahawks coming up. Pete Carroll sees all that, right? Uh, the, the defensive play, uh, it, it was decent, but I would like to see better, Jake. We, we got to. 
you got to figure out how to make t- turn the football over, right? Turn turn the football over, score points on defense because we're in the same situation we were last year. And yeah, man, it's when, when yeah, when when our quarterbacks not playing, it, it's brutal, man. It's brutal. I know you talked about that a little bit before, but you know Stetson Bennett, it's it's tough to not see him on the team right now, not not to not see him playing. Oh, man, it's it's a tough feeling. It's a tough feeling. I mean, what was it? Two fumbles and interception for Ripon. Uh, didn't lead a touchdown drive, didn't lead a red zone drive. Uh, Just really not a good day at the office. Kind of going back to your point with the defense, I I think that, you know, kind of speaks further to, and, you know, draft, I thought we did a great job covering that on off the edge and on bleep ramps. But it kind of goes back to, you know, kind of, okay, you know, in the draft, maybe you look to find some archetypes that can cover. Because yeah. I thought Troy Reader had a hell of a game from a run defender standpoint. And we saw that. I mean, just him filling those, you know, filling those gaps and uh, disengaging from blocks and sticking his face in the fan. You know, you love that. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> at, at the same time, it's like him in coverage is just always been a nightmare uh, for a lot of people. Really? And so when you get him on, you know, an ISO where you can basically isolate Luke Musgrave, who's just an elite athlete. I mean, in every meaning of the word elite. Uh, when you talk about the athleticism he has, um, yeah, he could pose a threat. I mean, that was a 25 yard explosive, you know, but yeah. I, I'm not trying to pin, like pin too much of this on the defense because we're out there for 35 minutes. And True. when the offense is just, I mean, this is a momentum sport. It always has been. It always will be. You're on the road. You force two turnovers and your offense can't get points out of that. It doesn't Brutal. matter like okay yeah these guys need to just be football players and nah everyone's human at the end of the day and you can't tell me i'm doing my job to the best of my ability we saw with the jets last night right you know the the story at the end of the game was the jets can't you know they can't get that turnover they shouldn't have had to how many stops did they get and then the offense either just dropped the ball man because like quite literally fumbled the ball or the offense three and out or the offense just couldn't stay on the field that wears out your defense. Your defense can't be on the field all day. They're still human. They get fatigued just like anybody else. So it was really frustrating from that aspect because Cam, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the worst team the Rams have played all year. I, I think this team is worse than Arizona because when Kyler comes back, I think Arizona is more competitive. This yeah. Packers team is not a good football team. I'm not going to make the excuse that they won because they were at home or the inclement weather. They simply got lucky because this is the easiest part of the Rams back half of the schedule. And the Rams got unlucky that Matthew Stafford, Rob Havenstein and Ernest Jones weren't able to go. That Yeah, Jake, that was, that was a, that was a brutal thing to watch. And I kind of want to go, go over some of these numbers, Jake, just the run game and the pass game, just a little bit, right? Uh, mm-hmm. D Henderson, Hendo, um, 1.9 yards per carry, 10 carries and 19 yards total. Like that's kind of crazy. Um, let's see. Aaron, I mean, Aaron Jones on the Packer side went off, right? 20 carries, 60, 73 yards total, one touchdown. And then I'm just gonna go on the offense side. Cooper Cup, Jake, two receptions, 48 yards. Are you serious? Puka Nakua, three receptions, 32 yards, two two Atwell, four catches, 13 yards. Bro, that's absolutely ridiculous i mean i don't even see tyler higby doesn't have it one target that's come on fam come on fam we, we need to do a little bit better like you said um i know mike white he has some work to do hey 
if Ripien's going to be back there, let's figure out how to get him comfortable, maybe on a scram- some type of scramble, some rollouts, but we need to get him comfortable back there because you can, we can't put this up in the, in the professional football league at the end of the day, Jake. I mean, I know the Packers defense is good, but they're not that damn good. So, yeah, man, it's it just a little bit deja vu on this end, Jake, and, and the Rams have to figure it out, man, because how many more seasons are we going to have where it's like, hey, we don't have a quarterback to play? It's like, all right, come on. Our, our run game is not going well. Like we can't, we can't continue to have that. And the Seahawks are only getting better, Jake. They 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 struck well, in the they trade did deadline. Just get completely trashed by uh <laughs> the Ravens 37 to 3. But yeah, yeah, I know I know what you mean. Like since the yeah. Rams played them, you know, they had trade that really deadline. impressive yeah. win got against the Lions. The yeah. Well, you know, Cam, I want to bring this up. Um, because I, this is one of those games, this is a context game. You know, this is not who the Rams are at all. Defense played extremely well. They played well enough to win this game. Um, you know, Brett Rippon was so bad. And I don't think people realize it. He was only pressured six times, Cam. The offensive line did their job. He did. just did not do his. And when you look at it, 4.6 yards on average per completion, like that's awful. And then think about this oh he was only sacked once man might as well have been sacked 10 times the way he was throwing the ball I mean think about it like it was it was not good 45.2 passer rating pretty much tells the story I mean I think that's pretty you know fair to him uh you know the way how he played um could Sean McVay have done a better job of of making it easier on him absolutely we talk about you know the bootlegs uh, you know, the rollouts, cutting the field in half, you know, making it, you know, quick reads and things like that. Um, but at the same time, like Brett Rippon didn't look like an NFL quarterback. And like, no. I'm not even going to say he looked like a CFL or XFL or USFL quarterback because that's embarrassing to them. So mm. look, he was awful. He was flat out terrible. He made three great throws. That's why he's in the NFL because he can have those three great throws. And then, you know, you have that to lean on. Uh, the fact of the matter is this. Because he was so bad, the run game, we throw out the window. Okay, Royce Freeman, 2.7 yards per carry. That's not indicative of what he is. Daryl Henderson, 1.9. I think this was probably the worst statistical game he's had. Not indicative of what he is. When the the Packers know every time when they're going to run the ball because (laughs) Rippon is that bad and they're not, they don't buy into the passing game. That's what you see. Um, The receiving game. Like, I mean... You know, Puka Nakua had a huge OPI that, you know, he shoved the guy and then got open. It was a great catch, but, you know, stuff like that killed him. Um, The only one who scored points was Lucas Habersick, who people, including myself, were kind of upset about signing because he had never kicked before. Now he's three of four. Um, And you know how kicker is. Guy misses uh, a kick in inclement weather when it starts downpouring and everyone's on his back now. I'm like, he's the only reason you have points. So I don't right. know why you're you're yelling at him. But, yeah. you know, Cam, this is not who they are. This isn't one of those broken record things. Oh, this isn't who we are. No, no, this isn't who they are because they're not going to be playing the next game with Brett Rippin. Stafford's going to start. And so I, I want to you, know. you know speak to that point here. <laughs> Cam, the three and six Washington football team in 2020, they made the playoffs at three and seven. That was the last year of the original playoff format. So now looking at this team at three and six, they got some winnable games coming up. And I understand, you know, people say, well, well, 
Jake, I mean, the Rams just aren't a good football team. You say they have all these winnable games, they keep losing. Well, what's the one game that was really a gimme going in? The Packers game. But then they lose Stafford. Mm. Then they lose Ernest Jones. Then they lose Rob Havenstein. So the indication from Sean McVay is that everybody's going to be healthy. Everybody's going to be back, except Kyron will be back week 12. If they beat Seattle, then they beat Arizona, and then they beat Cleveland, they're 6-6, six and six, Cam. In a really, really pathetic NFC, this is one of the worst NFCs I've ever seen. I mean, Tampa's kind of like that team. We thought maybe they would be better. Like, you know, or, or sorry, we didn't think they'd be this good. And then all of a sudden, they kind of have fallen off to the point where like, I thought you were better than this, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you look at, you know, the Falcons, and it's like, I, I don't know what to make of the Falcons. I mean, they <laughs> lost to Josh Dobbs, came off his came off the Arizona Cardinals without any sort of preparation and boom, there you go. He was still working on like cadences on the sideline and he had to go in in a pinch because Jaron got hurt. But that's the difference though, Jake, is they're prepared for the moment. They're prepared for the moment. They made a trade at the deadline, got a W in and that, that's what makes the most sense is halfway through the season. So you got to make adjustments. What does that look like? I mean, I haven't seen a quarterback get signed yet for the Rams. Like after that performance, it's like, come on, man, let's go sign someone. So yeah, man, I think the great teams make adjustments at halftime. The great teams make adjustments midway through the season. This buy is at the perfect time, right? Hopefully hopefully our quarterback gets healthy, that, that thumb gets right, and we're on the right track. But in the meantime, let's get some backup just in case, just in case something happens again towards the Absolutely. end of the year. We're, we're preparing for the playoffs. Let's make sure we have something in place. So <clears> it, it is a little frustrating, Jake. Also, too, you mentioned just on the defensive line front um, or just – providing pressure. I, I know we got some pressure. I know there were some sacks on our front, but let's continue to bolster that. And Jake also too, I want to, I want to ask you, John Johnson, I have not seen him much on the football field. I mean, I'm not sure if you have, if you've seen the first thing. play and then it was like, he, he was versus there a little bit. Yeah. Versus well, no, 49ers, I think he got into, and then he made that appearance. Yeah. And after that, it's been really spotty since then. And it's like, dude, what's going on over here? I know. And then, you know, Russ East, Good player, you know, excited for him. But that play where Christian Watson, you're in a position to pick that ball off or at least knock it away. And you settle to be boxed out by him. Yeah, Akello's going to get that. Akello's going to pick that. But you were talking about Akello today, and I I think I want to double back on that. I think he's been the most impressive player on this defense so far. Akella with a spoon, to be honest. I mean, Byron Young has been stepping up. Of course, Aaron Donald's going to do his thing. But I think Akella's been... The most one of the most impressive players. I, I was hoping Kobe Durant would be that this year, right? His first year, he was that. And He's I got was a hoping shoulder, that, unfortunately. He, so yeah. they moved him to the outside, and then he hurts his shoulder. And then we saw uh, Duke Shelley. Yeah, um, yeah. Darion Kendrick is taking a little bit of a, a break because they they felt like he wasn't playing on a consistent basis. And yeah, I mean, you know, I I think Kendrick. The the issue is. You know, he he was pretty consistent for the most part, but he I was. think it's it's the ninety seven percent, ninety seven percent of his game is really good. It's that three percent that's catastrophic, and that's what the what flags, happens. the penalties, yeah, yeah, the undis- and that loses you games. Football. Yeah, yeah, and just when you're you're marching for errors that slim, Cam, you can't have that. And I'm talking to a former you know Rams football player. You know how it is, especially the Forty ers and the Eagles. Those are, I can't forget Jake. Those two plays before the half, they scored before the half on him. You know, Darion Kendrick, but he drew a flag both times, and both of his his receivers scored. And it's like, dude, you, you think week sixteen, week seventeen. 
they're going to go back after that. I mean, folks have seen that, and they're going to be like, yep, number one, go at him. At halftime in the game, go at him. He might hold. He's not as disciplined as we want him to be. So, I mean, when, when, when are we going to see Tomlinson, right, uh, Ladanian's uh, cousin? Like, when are we going to see him step in and make some plays and some splash plays? Because that defensive back room, they have to tackle better. We talked about that, Jake. Um, we need bigger and better plays from that group, and – they just got to do it. They got to do it, Jake. They got to do it because that offense right now is <laughs> it's not cutting it, my man. Yeah, and, and that's the hope. Um, you know, you come off this by Sean McVay is able to evaluate, hey, why is this offense not working? Because mm-hmm. I, I think people fail to realize it's a week-to-week basis where you lost to the Steelers and now you got to move on and get ready to play a new team, you know, whether that's Dallas or whoever, and that's exactly what happened. And I, I think then, you know, after the Dallas loss, you can't really process it, you know, because if for a, a play caller for a head coach, there's not a 24 hour rule. Like they have to be right back in the film room. Like, Hey, what the hell happened? They have <laughs> yeah. to process that information and then try to, you know, take that and move it on to the game plan. But here's the thing. That's not enough time the buy allows you to go back and watch these games and be like, man, I think this is what's going on. And then you can really fix it because I think people get lost in the flow of the season. And I'll be honest with you, Cam, what is the benefit? I I really want to ask this question to our viewers. What truly is the benefit for Sean McFay calling plays? Because I don't think he's an elite play caller anymore. I think he's an elite play designer. I think he's a great offensive mind. I think his recall is outstanding. I think his recognizing of, you know, different coverages and different pre-snap motions and things like that structures is absolutely fantastic, but he gets in his own way. And I feel like this is also cam with the birth of his child causing a lot of burnout and he's got to be able to manage burnout. You know, my old boss used to tell me, man, you can't do everything. Take things mm-hmm. off your plate. If you can't do this, just take it off your plate. It's like, and, and to me, I feel like Sean McVay has reached that point, whether he wants to admit it or not. He needs to take things off his plate and let Mike LaFleur call plays. Because here's the thing. Just because you're delegating doesn't mean you're weak. Just because you're delegating doesn't mean you're not a good offensive mind. Just because you're delegating doesn't take away your Super Bowl win, two Super Bowl appearances, multiple 10-plus win seasons. Just because you delegate doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. And I think it actually speaks more volumes because if you're able to be that good of a communicator and a a listener and more importantly, a teacher, right? Then you should have no issue passing this thing off to Michael Floor and he should know how to do this thing with his eyes closed because you've taught him to do that. And I feel like now, Cam, this is the time to do it coming off the bye just take it easy on, on Sean is going to absolutely run himself into a early retirement. I already see it. He looks absolutely exhausted. I know he had his kid, but now you factor in that you factor that in you factor the fact like there has to be like, what do I have to gain by him calling plays? And yeah. if I'm sitting here and you're sitting here, just like last year, we're having this conversation. He's got to pass the sticks. He's not really gaining a lot. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to Frank Reich, Jake at the Panthers, and Thomas Brown. That example, Thomas Brown was at the, as was at the Rams. And just Sean needs to look over there and say, hey, the Panthers have been losing, you know, every single game since they started. He passed the microphone to pass the sticks. 
to the guy that I trusted in Thomas Brown as well from my squad. And so they got a W. Let me just take a page out of that book. That's all he has to do, right? He's going to get some rest this week and next week, get some sleep. And he's going to be able to say, hey, let me figure out. Hey, let me get uh, our guy, Michael Floor, a little bit more comfortable, right? Let me let me pass him the torch here because you, you just talked about it, bandwidth. McVeigh's bandwidth is, is limited, Jake. And you think about this, a lot of businesses, a lot of CEOs, they hire someone else to get it done, right? They hire someone else so they can be creative and create another business or they can be creative and figure out how to manage what they want to do, take a vacation with their children or whatever that is. But you delegate and you hire smarter people around you so you can focus on what you can focus on is running the football team, right? And yeah. making decisions in key moments or helping out your coordinators when they need it or that extra eye or that extra ear. But Sean McVay, He's going to have to delegate. He's going to have to pass the sticks to somebody, somebody right now because halfway through the season, you are where you were last year. And remember last year, Jake, Sean McVay had to go on a quick leave for a little bit, right? We didn't know if he was going to come back or not. And it feels the same way. It's like, man, like, has he learned from last year? Is he taking that self-care? Is he doing the things he needs to do to continue and to be the best coach, the best father, the best husband he can be? So I'm praying for him. <laughs> yeah, and look, I mean, you know, Cooper Cup mentioned it. Um, after the game, teams are giving him different looks. They're deviating from their uh, their tendencies on film. And it's like, as you as a play caller, if you aren't going to pass the sticks, need to realize like you can't do the same things that you're doing every week, okay? You have to plan for anything. You have to be ready for anything. And Sean McVay and the Rams are this team. Like, they're the team. They're, they're the coaching group. Like, they're the team that now other teams know they are so predictable because they're going to do this based on the looks that we've shown all season. You have to be prepared for that because everyone like Cooper Cup said, we've seen some funky looks. Yes. I don't know why we don't see more of that. Why would I like you say you take this week to week cam. You say this is a week to week basis, right? That's always what coaches say. We're going to game plan for this. We're on to Pittsburgh. We're on to Dallas. If you take it week to week, then why aren't you setting up to strictly beat a team in each week? Yeah. Figure out how to do that because doing the same things over and over again, like, well, they've shown this on tape, so I'm going to plan for this. They already know you're going to plan for it. They've shown on tape all year. Mm-hmm. So when you, yeah. they've shown their hand at this point is my point. And I just don't think there's, there's, there's not enough to gain here with Sean McVay calling the plays at this point where, um, you know, I think that's how we, we wrap this thing up. You know, I think the Rams have a shot to make the playoffs. They, you yeah. know, they, they can only lose two more games the rest of the way. And if they lose the Ravens and 49ers game, which by the way, are the most likely losses left on the schedule. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, then the Rams have a 77% chance of making the playoffs nine and eight. And Hey, you sign okay. up for that. I mean, that's, yeah. that's really good. You know? Yeah. And we got the Seahawks so, coming up. I know that was the first game of the season. This is round two. So just know they're, they're itching. They're itching to, to jack the Rams that they know the Rams are bleeding. It's like blood in the water. Uh, they know Matthew Stafford's trying to get healthy. So they're going to send the house, right? They're going to run the football. They're going to do a lot of things. And, it's going to be a shootout, but it starts that, you know, division games count as two, Jake. So like I said, we'll end with that. Um, the division games count as two is really important. There's a chance to make the playoffs, but there has to be changes in these next two weeks. There has to be changes to save the season. Yeah. I'll say this right now, Cam, <clears throat> you know, you look at Seattle at five and three, they were just in first place in the NFC West. Um, they do not have it easy coming up. 
If they lose to the Rams, they got the Niners, the Cowboys, the Niners, the Eagles, the Titans, the Steelers, and the Cardinals. They ease it out with the Cardinals at the end, but that's not easy, man. You talk about two games against the 49ers and Cowboys and Eagles. They, that, I mean, that Rams game is a must win and the Rams, if they win that game, get sole custody of that tiebreaker. So that's a big, important thing here. Rams need to get it done. And, uh, you know, at, at I'm sure at a certain point, if you're not able to get these wins done, Cam, if you're not able to get it done against Seattle, if you lose one against Arizona or Cleveland, then you start looking at 2024 and maybe you play yeah. the dresser win. I mean, it's an ugly scenario. That's sad. I don't believe in it, but <laughs> sad. I mean, I'm not playing Brett Rippon again and just no. hearing Sean McVay in his uh, his show. I don't think he's playing Brett Rippon ever again. So. Love him. Love him. Love Brett. Praying for him. He has a family and kids. Jake, I always want to caveat that at the end of the day, right? We're talking about some of these players. You know, sometimes we're tough with our analysis. We, they are humans at the end of the day, but their gameplay is not going to get this organization wins at the end of the day. So we're going to have to say that because you all see it. We see it. So we got to call it out. But yeah. um, we want to practice grace as well because these folks do have families. They're They're normal humans as well. No, absolutely. So uh, that is going to do it for us. I hope you guys enjoy this bye week. I think we all need it, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> you know, be sure to follow me at JK Bogan. Be sure to follow uh, Cameron Lynch at Cameron Lynch 50. Uh, and we'll be back uh, next week. You guys take care. We'll see you guys soon. Later, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.